Hey, what's up, you guys? Does capitalism get you down? Does the constant pressure to be productive get to you? Are you tired of being a cog in the machine? Then we invite you to be part of the revolution against toxic productivity by embracing the useless things. Welcome to episode 50 of the Very Unimportant People podcast! (laughs) Do less. (laughs) I'm your host, Lydia, and this week I came to visit Courtney and almost got... Completely swallowed by the ocean. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 she did. She it was got pretty taken out. Yeah. I walked down to the ocean to, because the tide, the waves, they are unpredictable. I don't know if you guys have ever been to the ocean, but it's insane. I have never <laughs> seen so much goddamn water in my entire life. So the waves, you know, sometimes they crash close to shore and sometimes they crash 20 mm. feet away from where they previously crashed. Completely unpredictably. Too. Yeah, just. Mind of their own, right? So I was like, oh, my feet are, I am already like barefoot, so I might as well, you know, go to the ocean. Yeah, she rolled up her pants a little. Yeah. She prepared herself. (laughs) She was ready to go. And I walk up to like where the wave last was, and I'm standing there, and the water comes in, and then it keeps coming, and it keeps coming, and it keeps coming, and I'm like up to my waist in water (laughs) at this point, and I'm just like running back to Courtney, like completely soaked. Oh my god. Yeah. So glad I rolled up my pants though. Yeah, I did so much. Yeah, I know. I was so prepared. <laughs> yeah, that was And good. I'm your host, Courtney. <laughs> oh, shit. We need to figure out how to, like, do that better. Because I don't think introducing ourselves separately is working. That's fine. You know who we are. I'm Courtney. Yeah. <laughs> and this week, we found out that our podcast does not prepare us for trivia. Oh, ouch. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a little painful. We went to a trivia night and we were like so excited and yeah. pumped up because we were like, you know, we've been doing this podcast for a year now. Yeah, we, have- we know so many fun facts about random things. Like we're going to kill trivia. And we did not. We, we, we lost. We got last place. Out of like dead last, out of like ten teams, we got last place. Out of a room full of people, (laughs) it was so embarrassing. And it wasn't even like it was like trivia that was only geared towards like a certain generation or something like that. Like it It was was just very general trivia. There was a wide range of people there, (laughs) and we did so bad. There was this one question where (laughs) it was um, true or false about the Sahara Desert, where (gasps) more people drown in the Sahara Desert than they do die of dehydration. Yes, and this divided our team. (laughs) It was me, Lydia, we had a friend, and Janaid was there as well, and Lydia and Janaid were saying, it's stupid. That that can't be true, because there's no water in the desert. How could you possibly drown in the desert? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) And um, our friend and me were saying, it is true, because it's just so crazy, it might be true. And people are prepared to die of thirst, but no one is prepared to drown right in the desert. So it just makes sense. And I was on the side where they were trying to trick us, and they were like, it's so crazy that it might be true, so it's not true. Uh -uh. You know, because we think that... You were overthinking that one, just... Yeah, 100%. Reel it back in a little bit. Um, But we decided to go with Lydia and Janaid, and that was a bad decision, because they were wrong. And we lost. I mean, we lost because of I don't other think that was the one reason. We got a lot of questions wrong, but it didn't help. It no, did help. it didn't help. We, we, we could have tied for last place. For, with two other teams. So that might have been a little bit of redemption for us, but instead, <laughs> no, uh-uh. 36 points. No chance for us. It was really no, I think we almost 34. 
Yeah, I don't really I'm remember. I'm pretty sure the winning team had like 40. They, too. <laughs> yeah, they were all so close to like the 50 or the 60 or whatever it was. It was insane. We're just really bad at it. Yeah, it was rough. Anyways. Never had a chance at that tiebreaker. Yeah, so don't listen to our <laughs> podcast uh, to give you any ounce <laughs> <laughs> of real information about life because it won't help you. Mm-hmm. No, it won't. Not even in trivia. purposes only. Yeah, pretty much. And that's to all of our friends on TikTok. <laughs> Entertainment purposes friends. only. <laughs> <laughs> all of our friends on tiktok <laughs> no love you guys keep sending in the hate we love it we, uh, we, we live we for it it's the only thing we get at this point yeah. so <laughs> we'll take it <laughs> oh my god <clears throat> lydia <laughs> okay take it away i'm taking it away i'm taking the reins on this one um so this week courtney and i have been binge watching twilight um the twilight just, saga you know, just fun and fresh just I, something uh, to do I, yeah <laughs> Just something we've never done before. (laughs) Um, So we watched Twilight and then we skipped New Moon because, um, you know, from what I remember of New Moon, it's basically just her being like depressed about Edward. Yeah. And then she hangs out with Jacob a little bit and like everything is totally cool. She tries to kill herself like seven times. Right. And then she like does the motorcycle thing. She like gets a head injury, but she sees Edward while she's like driving the bike and stuff like that. Just like completely obsessed with him. And then at the end he comes back. And he tries to kill himself as well in that movie because he thinks that mm. Bella is dead. So overall, very like Shakespeare, like Romeo and Juliet type uh, of situation oh, there, right? Yeah, I just I made that connection too. Into that. Right That's now, so true. <laughs> yeah, oh, right. Almost. Yeah, and then they both ended up not dying, which is the opposite of hap- what happens in um, Shakespeare's saga. But mm. we love it, and we skipped it. Because <laughs> yeah, even when I was reading the books, I'm pretty sure I skipped like half of that book because I was like, really? "This is boring." Like, yeah, I read this boring. for the drama, yeah. for the juicy details. There's yeah, nothing. it's just Bella. Like, I don't care about <laughs> Bella. <laughs> Anyways. And I was team Edward for like pretty much my entire life. Me too. So Me too. to have so much Jacob was just a bit much. Like the movie really made me more team Jacob than the books did because Taylor Lautner is like really, really hot. So I was like, I think I'm it's team true. Jacob. Oh, what's true. happening here? But little did I freaking know, as we will learn throughout this podcast topic, that Jacob is a little toxic too. Yes. He is so toxic. Totally. Okay, so basically. What's the opinion? Let's. The opinion is. <laughs> <laughs> that um um the twilight saga pretty much taught an entire generation about toxic relationships and yes. idealized okay. those toxic relationships yes to a point Ooh. of like pretty much no return mm-hmm. as little girls as uh, i don't know how old we were when twilight came out like 12 or 13 or 14 grade, or something like that i'm pretty sure grade no younger five. yeah we were grade five <laughs> that's right? like eight years old <laughs> no that's way older like 10 <laughs> Oh. If you're six in grade one, seven in grade two. Are you six in grade one? Yes, I was six in grade one, but I have a late birthday, so you might have been seven in grade one. (laughs) I don't want to do this math. (laughs) We were in grade five. We were young. Yeah. And everyone was like reading these books and like completely just in love and obsessed with oh, Edward. Oh, I've never thought about how young we were when we were reading We were babies. That really yeah. toxic. I know. And even in the oh. books, sometimes they were just like talking about like kissing and like, you know, how badly she wanted him and stuff like that. And like, we were young. <laughs> like we were children reading like PG, like 15 books. And we were like, oh my God, we're so crazy. Like, oh, it was insane. So right from the start, Twilight. Let me start with Twilight. I'm going to take you um, movie by movie slash book by book, but we didn't read the books. We just watched the movies except for New Moon. Um, (laughs) 
It would have been fun if we just read the books together. <laughs> oh my god, what a fun Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> just going through the novels. Um, right from the start, we have learned that if he has a weird reaction to how you smell, that is a positive thing. And this is <laughs> kind of relating, I think, personally back to the notion about how if a man bullies you or like if a boy uh, bullies yeah, you, yeah, yeah. then it that means like he likes you. Yeah, exactly. So this is how um, flirting can also be seen as roasting or like even more basic. We're just taught that if boys are mean to us, like if they're punching us yeah. or if they're chasing us, they just must it like means you. That, yeah. It's fine. Let them yeah. do it. Don't worry. They love you. That's how they show their love. It just teaches that being mean is like a completely acceptable way to be treated. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, being aggressive towards a girl is totally fine. And then girls, when you're like sitting there and you're like, oh my God, I was fucking bullied. And then a teacher is like, it's fine. It means he likes you. Then you have to question your own, like, why am I crying if he likes me? Like it's this whole backwards kind of mentality. And to even start as small as hating the way that she smells, which is what was happening from her perspective edward loved the way she smelled because she smelled like a meal but mm, to it her it didn't come off that way no <laughs> if you rewatch that scene like with that lens when she like walks into the classroom and like the fans behind her does that actually happen yeah the yeah, fan okay. happens yeah and it yeah. like blows her scent towards him and then he's like <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he wants to throw he's like, up yeah he's gonna die <laughs> and then she sits down beside him and he like doesn't say anything and then he just like Runs out of the classroom. It's yeah. Like, she really must have mean. felt so sad. I'm so bullied. And then he disappears never, for two weeks. I would never go back. I, no. You know when she walks into the office and he's, like, trying to drop that class? I would Even do that. further. Yeah. I would do that. That's I would walk into that office and be like, you need to, to switch me out of oh this class God. immediately. I bet that's why she was doing that. <laughs> she was like, I gotta go. And he was beating her to the punch. And they were like, sorry. <laughs> the classes are awful. So... Yes. Mm-hmm. Toxic right from the start. The second lesson that we learned from Twilight is that your man should be constantly fighting the urge to kill you. Now, in your presence, he should not feel calm or peaceful ever at any point, mm-hmm. and neither should you. <laughs> if you ever feel comfortable with your man, or, like, he's not trying to kill you, yeah. that's a red flag. <laughs> you should be feeling like you're on the edge of survival. Love is at pain. every moment. <laughs> you should know that he wants to kill you, and you should do everything in your power to increase the chances of that happening. So, you should try to hook up with him. You should try to spend- Even if the sex <laughs> is gonna kill you. <laughs> do it. You have to go for it. It doesn't matter that he wants to kill you. Just keep trying to hang out with him. Keep trying to spend more time with him. And yes, you should always feel fear with your partner. Always. Now, I know this behavior can also be seen as like tension where it's like, ooh, is she going to die today? Is he going <laughs> to kill her today? But it's not. Don't let Stephanie Meyer, Mayer trick you into thinking that this tension is in a healthy relationship ever. <laughs> healthy relationships don't need to be death related. Yeah, it doesn't need to be like high stakes all of the time, guys. Yeah. Like you guys can you can chill with your partner. <laughs> your love doesn't have to kill you. No, it doesn't. And the next thing that Twilight taught us is that your uh, partner or your intense love for someone should make you turn off all of your survival skills. So, <laughs> for example, ignore red flags. Ignore red flags completely. 
In the forest scene, the iconic forest scene, Edward tells Bella straight up over and over again about how dangerous he is, how he wants to drink her blood, how um, he is the world's most- <laughs> You think most... you can outrun me? He tells her that he, she cannot outrun him. She cannot fight him off. <laughs> Sorry, we're having a little- uh, <laughs> A little cat difficulty. Cat intermission. <laughs> um, and... You think you can- <laughs> straight up that he has the skin of a killer and then oh. he continues to glisten and glitter that is like one of the funniest choices that i think stephanie meyer made about her movie <laughs> yeah is that she made them sparkle i don't yeah. know i just like looking back what a weird decision to make like this vicious killer and then he steps into the sun and he's sparkly yeah it would be it's so, so much cooler sweet. she should have made him like invisible or something like that that would have or scared like the me classic he gets a sunburn and starts like ah like sizzling that would yeah, have been like classic yeah. vampire but now he just glitters he's yeah. just sparkly i wonder why she did that maybe it was so that every time like was so that when he tried to like kill himself by via the vulturey in the second in the second movie mm-hmm. maybe like she wanted it to be harder for him to kill himself. Like, he would have to go through mm. trials and tribulations wow, with the Wow, she really thought that through. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, Bella, these things should trigger a fight-or-flight response inside <laughs> of your body. Yeah. But instead, she gets even more turned on and tells him that she doesn't care <laughs> if she could die then that he won't hurt her and that his beautiful sparkling skin of a killer is actually super beautiful. Kind of sweet for accepting all of his flaws, right? No. Wrong! (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. He literally tells her, he's like, Bella, I am a murderer. Yeah. She's like, ooh. Murder me. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) She completely turns away from her instincts of survival and she is willing to now die for somebody who she has just met met a month ago nice so in god bless you (laughs) in looking at this i kind of realized that bella might like have a lot of problems i don't know if she's doing too (laughs) well she wants to risk her yeah she wants to risk her entire life for this guy um she loves to suffer and she loves to see him suffer and she seems to either have a god complex where she believes that vampires like won't eat her even though that is exactly what they are supposed to be doing or she cannot wait to die and yeah. subconsciously is just looking for like the coolest way to do it that isn't like suicide mm-hmm. but it's like something else and it's like a really rad like badass way to die yeah like the fact she's like oh he'll kill anyone but me yeah he won't kill me right like oh. god complex but also yeah. like a little bit like Girl, you trying to subconsciously die a little bit, yeah, a little bit quicker yeah. than the rest of us. Like, <laughs> we see you, Bella. So next, um, Edward shows his toxic traits. He stalks her. He shows her how possessive he is in the scene when the girls go shopping in Poor <laughs> Angeles. Thank you, Zola, for your comment. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and he, in a heroic move, stops those random guys from attacking her, yeah. right? And she gets in the car and he's like, I'm so glad you're safe. I'll do, uh, uh, stop me from ripping those guys' heads off. And she's like, you should put your seatbelt on. And it's like kind of a cute <laughs> moment. And it's like, oh, and then he mocks her. yeah. You so, should put your seatbelt on. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so iconic. So as cute as it is that he rescued her from 
near death or some violent tragedy yeah, like, that would have happened. Nice. He was stalking her. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, how did he know how to be there? And she completely ignores that. She ignores the issue of him following her around, knowing exactly where she was. Mm-hmm. And also, in the books, and I guess you can infer it from the movie, he's following her through the thoughts of other people around her. So oh, yeah. he, like, uses his power, reads into the minds of the people around her to figure out where she is and what she's doing and stuff like that. Nice. Yeah, so that's how she knew where she was with those guys, because they were, like, looking at her and stuff like that. Anyways, let's move on to New Moon. Um, I know I said that we didn't uh, go through it, but there was a couple of moments. Since this is Jacob heavy, and I do want to talk about how toxic Jacob is, too, Yeah, um, we can go through New Moon a little bit Are we going to touch on the love triangle as well? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's going to happen during Eclipse. Okay, great. <laughs> Perfect. We can't, we can't. No. <laughs> you can't ignore the love triangle. We were talking about this yesterday. It's, it's so, so creepy. Insane. It's so uncomfy. And then oh, it becomes like a God. love. I don't know. A love quadruple. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. So, um, Jacob and Bella have mm. their little moments. Yeah. She does not accept his nice, normal guy love. Mm. And instead nice allows guys him. never win. Never. Yeah. Nice guy. Ew. Never. They always finish last. Um, and that's why they will treat you like trash, I guess. In the words of Nigga Higa. Do you remember that song? That, like, YouTube <laughs> video? Oh my god, I have to show it to you afterwards. This guy was like a kid. Um, so instead of going and being with Jacob, she allows him to pine after her while she still tries to get over Edward. There's this moment when Edward thinks Bella is dead and then he tries to get himself killed, which brings us to our next lesson. Um, kill yourself for your partner. You should not value your life at all unless you are with them. Mm. If your partner dies, it means you cannot go on living or find someone new. That's not in the cards at all. Uh-uh. <laughs> Even if you've only dated for like a couple months. It doesn't matter. Doesn't let your matter. teenage hormones rage. <laughs> <laughs> and just let all value, all self-worth fall to the side for this man. You should want to end it all if <laughs> they are not around. I know they didn't specifically say this, but like as teen yeah. girls who like idealized this relationship... It, mm. So and like I wanted so badly to be a vampire too, and to have what Edward and Bella had. I don't know. It's so toxic. I literally and also it. the fact that the premise of like New Moon is that Edward just leaves her, but then that- like is still kind of like controlling her in a way yeah. and like keeping tabs on her yeah. and like that is also kind of weird. It is, and then he like left her and like really hurt her mm-hmm. to like quote-unquote benefit her yeah but then they both end up like trying to kill themselves he should have just stuck around like yeah. that whole book is so pointless because like he breaks <laughs> up with her to protect her and then they just get back together and like yeah. nothing has changed and now she needs to become a vampire which could have been a solution at the beginning it like we could have skipped that whole book if he would just be like uh i have to leave you if you don't become a vampire and then she would have been like uh okay I'll become a vampire. And mm-hmm. then we could have skipped that book. And, yeah. like, that would have been toxic, too. Yeah. But it would have but, been less worse than yeah, abandoning her. Yeah. And we could have saved ourselves a book. <laughs> totally. A book. <laughs> oh, God. And then um, this is actually a toxic trait, kind of, called stonewalling. Mm. So instead of talking about their problems, they basically abandon and put up a stone wall, I guess. Which is so accurate for Edward because he is, like, yeah. a stone guy. And so right? is Bella because she's, like, um, the shield. 
Yeah, you're right. Okay, so basically it's like a toxic way of not communicating. It's basically the silent treatment. Okay. And something that I forgot, which I think is important, is that Edward abandons her in the forest and then the police have oh, to come yeah. back and find her. Do you remember that? She yeah. sleeps on the ground in the woods for like a night. And her dad has to send an entire like police force to go find her. And that's where she sees the werewolf for the first time. Because he like sniffs her out and finds her. That's so fucked up. Did not give a fuck about her safety whatsoever. Who does that? In that like moment. at least yeah. walk her home. <laughs> yeah. Don't Call her. Like, her in the woods. Like she had no idea where the fuck she was. It was dark. It was gloomy. She just slept on the she's ground. She's like, bye. Not my problem anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, stonewalling is a sign of an emotionally abusive relationship where mm. someone refuses to communicate or have a difficult conversation. And it comes off as a lack of concern for Bella's feelings. And eventually, like later, six months later or whatever, he was like, I was thinking about you the entire time. But that doesn't solve the problem that of the six help. month lack of communication. <laughs> Thanks. And in Bella's mind, she was just abandoned. And yeah, it was, was just very toxic of Edward. I'm not a fan. Bella also, though, is a thrill seeker. This just yeah, <laughs> it just keeps going back and forth. Together. <laughs> no, I found out online from um, Psychology Today from this girl Wind Goodfriend. Mm. Um, she said that Bella actually has a character trait which is associated with uh, or which is seen as someone who could be a future victim of relationship violence. Yeah. Um, she's thrilled by violence, aggression, and danger. Yep. And she is attracted to things that are dangerous, for example, uh-huh. Edward. Uh-huh. And then something interesting she noted, too, is that she only started being attracted to Jacob when she found out that she he was a werewolf and he could potentially kill her if he uh, phased too close to her. Isn't and she's like, ooh, okay. There's a little excitement here. <laughs> you could kill me. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So she's just like in a bad situation in the first place. She's just this, like, kind of very vulnerable character to be put in a relationship. And then she meets, like, the perfect guy who wants to control her and, like, be possessive over her. Mm. And it's just, like, literally, they are meant to be. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, sucks for them. And also sucks that, like, they were our role models for relationships. Oh, my God. I know. Yeah. We got fucked up by that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, Eclipse. Edward exhibits more controlling behaviors. He messes up Bella's car so that she can't go see Jacob, controlling her decisions. He watches her sleep. This is a theme throughout most of the yeah, movies. Yeah, it's fucking creepy. It is creepy. <laughs> Especially in like the first few books, he doesn't tell her. He's yeah. just like yeah. sneaking into her room at night before they even dating and yeah. watching her. Red flag. Red flag. <laughs> Not that she knew about it, but we're still red flag. Red flag. <laughs> He drives like a maniac to um, scare her, possibly. This is a sign of an abusive relationship, according to the National Domestic Violence Hotline. He isolates her from her friends and family. Yeah. Oh my god, yes. Yes. I mean, in Breaking Dawn, they're literally going to tell, like, her whole family that she died. Yeah. They're like, we so have to she prepare. Can never talk to them again. Oh my god, that's so true. They literally thought that was the only way to do it. They were like, we have to start getting the funeral arrangements. Like, yeah, we have to tell Charlie that you had died. You're gonna have to calm so soon. Fucked up. Poor Charlie has been through so much with this girl. And he's just like, she's trying to be a good dad. Yeah, but also, I think that Bella has like a lot of <laughs> like issues like stemmed from family trauma because like yeah. her they divorced when she was like five years old or something like that, and then she lived with her mom, and then her mom was like. 
fuck this. I'm going to go travel with yeah, my new boyfriend. Yeah, that was like weird too. That yeah. like her mom was just like, bye, go live with your dad who you haven't seen since you were five. Yeah. I want to go on the road with my boyfriend. Yeah. So. I can see where some of her abandonment issues come from. There might be some, yeah, a little it's cycle like, of, mm-hmm. what is it? Like abuse? abuse? Generational cycle of abuse. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And then she literally like doesn't see her friends at all. I don't remember if they were in Eclipse whatsoever, but no. they were in Breaking Dawn, all of Breaking Dawn, part one and two for one scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. She literally has no friends except for like his family. Yeah, exactly. She's friends with Alice. That's, that's like her new friends. It. And Jacob, but like. I mean, Twitter, yeah. Okay, so the love triangle. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the main like point that I want to talk about, and like you can bring a bunch more if you oh, want to I'm, too. I'm so ready. Yeah. I just want to like really dig into the tent scene a little bit because I feel <laughs> <laughs> that scene is so uncomfortable. I live for it. It's very uncomfortable, but it's like just so. Oh god, it's just so full of everything you know uh bella is shivering as you guys may or may mm-hmm. not remember jacob eventually comes in and edward allows him to cuddle Al- allows allows <laughs> yeah <laughs> otherwise you like, have permission to touch my girlfriend we don't need to ask her no ask no. me <laughs> also a great point she was never in the conversation at this point edward and bella are engaged but they don't tell jacob because they need him on their side to protect Bella. And they know that if he told mm. that Jacob would be like, what the fuck? And he would like flip his shit and stuff like that. So the conversation between the boys in the tent yes. happens. Jacob says that he is better for Bella than Edward is and asks what Edward would do if Bella chose him over Edward. And Edward says he would let her love him. And as long as she's happy, he doesn't care. This is not exactly in line with his character whatsoever, which would lead yeah. me to believe that it was a lie. Um. <laughs> but I also feel like this is where Bella's toxic trait comes out a little bit in this love triangle where she knows that you know, Edward's toxic. Okay. We know yes. this, but like, I'm just talking about Bella here. Yeah. She knows that Edward is it like he would be okay with her leaving because yeah. he just wants her to be happy. And I think she takes advantage of that really? by like continuing to like humor the idea of being with Jacob while yeah. she's with Edward because he knows that he's chill with it. When like, if he just like broke up with her because she's being fucking ridiculous, yeah. like being between two guys engaged to one and like still into the other, like maybe she would actually just stop. Yeah. <laughs> she would actually it. just choose. But one. because she knows he's chill with it, like she just keeps humoring it and keeps like putting him in that situation where he has yeah. to be like uncomfortable with the fact that his fiance is in love with another man. Yeah, but he doesn't like, and actively pursuing it. But he just has so much faith in like his like attachment over Bella that he doesn't actually see Jacob as like much of a threat. Like he doesn't like him, mm-hmm. but I don't think that he would have like. He doesn't actually see Jacob as, like, a threat. I think he does see Jacob as a threat. I think he just, like, has so much love for Bella that he'd rather be with her and have her maybe be in love with Jacob than not be with her at all. And I think she Mm. knows that. That's my perspective on the situation. I think she's a little toxic in this situation. Yeah, she is a little toxic. And apparently in this scene, too, um, in the book, Bella is still awake during the conversation. And then in the movie, she, like, smiles a little bit, which kind of hints at the fact that she might have been awake during the conversation. So when they start getting along, she was kind of like, oh, yay. But it's kind of manipulative. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Because, like, Edward can say that he would not do anything if he chose to if she chose not to be with him. 
But I just feel like it isn't true. Like, I know you said that you don't think that Jacob is that much of a threat. No, you said that. <laughs> I don't think right. Jacob is that much of a threat. I think you he think is. You think he is a threat. And I think Edward thinks he is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> but yeah, I highly doubt that Edward would actually let her be with Jacob and be okay with it. Yeah. I think he would be threatened. I would think he would probably do some toxic shit such as threaten to hurt himself like he yep. did when he thought Bella was dead. Be like, I'll just go die. Yeah. <laughs> I won't do anything to you guys, but I'm going to Yeah, exactly. He would do something reckless to endanger himself. And it wouldn't be like directly Bella's fault, but yeah. she would end up feeling like super guilty about what she inadvertently did to Edward and that's just like him being like extremely manipulative and being and pretty much casting his entire like mental health onto Bella and like onto her decisions and it's like it's not your decision so I could definitely see how she would put the blame on herself and like just create emotional anguish (laughs) (laughs) um so later in that same moment Jacob finds out that they are engaged And in a move of absolute toxic girl, Bella asks Jacob to kiss her. (laughs) Essentially cheating on her fiancé to prove that she doesn't love her guy best friend who is obsessed with her. Just to pretty much, like, keep him on their side. And in the book Ah. it was said that she asked him to kiss her because she wanted to see if she had feelings for him. She wanted to, like, test it. (laughs) Nice. And we also need to, like, acknowledge the fact that Edward purposely brought up the engagement when he knew Jacob could hear. Yeah. But, like, Bella didn't know that Jacob could hear. hmm 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 Which is also very toxic. Yeah, it is. <laughs> to just out someone like that. Yeah. Someone who wanted to, like, keep saying... it secret. Yeah. Like, that's not a good partner if you're like, hey, dude, let's keep this, you know, under wraps. And he's just, like, no. telling people... <laughs> Like your best friends yeah. without your consent. That's not, that's not good. No, no. You should be you should be able to tell people on your own freaking time. Like, it almost seems like he pressured her into this engagement, too. Yeah, I don't think she wanted to get engaged. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, Jesus Christ. So, a note on Jacob's toxic traits now. Yeah. He knows what imprinting is and how intense it can be because of his telepathy with the other wolves, right? <gasps> yes, this provokes me so much. And yeah. he is aware that he has not imprinted on Bella. He knows that she's not her, his soulmate. So what is he doing? I don't know. Like, he's literally tearing up an engaged couple, but he knows that at any moment he could imprint on somebody else yeah. and just leave Bella. Yeah. Even and though he's going to ruin their relationship fucked. for it. Yeah. And then she would be alone. She wouldn't, like, so what's it going to be? Is it going to be, like, her, you're a vampire and you're happy, or you get left by a werewolf for someone else, and then you yeah. have to be like the like the Seth and Leah and whatever situation that they kept referencing in the movies, like where the yeah, ex girlfriend was in the pack, and then like the new one that he imprinted on was also in the pack, and it was like super awkward and stuff like that. That would happen. That would one hundred percent happen. So I don't know what the fuck he was doing. Her situation wouldn't be good with Jacob, doomed to fail. Yet Jacob knowingly tries to sabotage hers and Edward's relationships. Yeah relationship Mm -mm. we could say it's because like he cares about her and he sees that edward is being very controlling right maybe that could be a reason yeah but then you could like approach her as a friend not be yeah that's what i want you you could be like hey i don't think this is a healthy relationship for you yeah maybe it's time to look for somebody else not just like trying to insert yourself as the next bachelor yeah literally just try to be her actual friend like she already sees him as a best friend yeah so he might as well try Fill to... that role yeah exactly instead of get, trying to get romantically involved with her like that isn't gonna sway her over so stupid 
Um, yeah, I don't think he should have chased her in a romantic way if he truly did care about her. Like, he says he does. <laughs> it could also be, like, the treaty thing. Maybe he just hates vampires, and he's he just like, vampires, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd rather my, like, best friend not be with a vampire and be sad and be left alone by me than ever be with a vampire, which is sad because it means your hate for... Vampires is stronger than your love for your friend. Mm. Neither of these guys is good for Bella. <laughs> no, and Bella's not good for either of these guys. Yeah! Okay? We can't, she she's figure not, her shit out, too. Yeah, she's not innocent no. in this. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, so the final parts. Yeah. Part. Um, Breaking Dawn Part 1 and Breaking Dawn Part 2. Um, Breaking Dawn Part 1, the... The thing that the only thing I'm really gonna like kind of bring up is a half human, half vampire baby. Of course, it's like the only thing that freaking happens in Breaking Dawn. Yeah, pretty much. And like the wedding, which <laughs> yeah, the wedding happens, but Bella's it was just like a beautiful wedding. Wedding night is finally perfect. Right when she can dance with her other love interest. Oh, it's not her yes! husband. I didn't even write this part down. But and yes! that's so weird. And <laughs> Edward is the one that like invites Jacob and tells him to come. So Edward yeah. knows that Bella is kind of in love with Jacob. Jacob is a hundred percent in love with Bella, mm-hmm. but then Edward invites Jacob to the wedding so that Bella can be happy at their wedding so that the other man that she loves is there. Like, what is that? What is that? <laughs> oh, God. That's so fucked up. And, like, at what point do you stop? Like, did Edward do that because he wanted Jacob to see how happy she was with him? Like, was that a part of his plan to be able to show up to Jacob and be like, huh, I well, like I finally won. Like, I made her happy. And now we're together. So joke's on you. I don't think so, because, it, like, it kind of backfires on him when she's like, my wedding day is finally perfect. Yeah. Like, ugh. If I were Edward, <laughs> I would just die. Like, yeah. that would be so painful. Yeah, that's pretty To bad. hear that. Oh, my God. The poor fucking guy. Like, what is she doing? She's just still toying with his emotions, even though she's married. So they don't have a chance. I honestly also think that she married him because she wanted to have sex with him. Because, like, that was a big yeah. thing, that he wouldn't have sex with her yeah. until she was married. Yeah. <laughs> so that they get married so that they could have sex. Like, yeah, pretty much. It's so confusing. Like, she was forced into the engagement, but then she was like... I do, like, still want to, like, have Mary just so that we can, like, finally have sex. <laughs> but that's all she wants. That's all she wants out of this situation. Damn it. <laughs> oh, my God. She's just a horny teenager the entire time. Um, so, yeah, she gets pregnant, right, by yeah. his vampire sperm. And Edward thinks that the baby is going to kill Bella. So he immediately jumps onto the abortion train. Yeah, he's so mean to her, too. Yeah. Like, he doesn't even offer her any kind of, like, emotional support when yeah. he finds out she's pregnant. He's just like, let's go, let's get this thing out of you. And he, like, yeah. ignores her and, like, so mean to her. Yeah, and you could immediately see, too, that she wanted to keep the baby. Yeah, like, with or, like, him. wanted to talk about it, you know? Yeah, like... it's the, it wasn't his decision to make, pretty much. Like, yeah. 100%. <laughs> her body, her choice. <laughs> so she has to call Rosalie. And, like, this is so wild because Rosalie doesn't actually care if Bella lives or dies. Yeah. She really just wants the baby. Like, yeah. that was really her entire thing, and Bella's using her for that. And the person who does care about her, Edward, says he would never be able to love a baby who killed his wife. So she's left in a pretty hopeless situation mm-hmm. where Bella believes that her baby will be left unloved if she dies. She's not feeling support from Edward at all. Edward and Jacob both discuss the abortion, even though Bella has already been like, I don't want to do that. Yeah, they're like, oh, let's just do it. Yeah. Let's just get this thing out of her. It's going to kill her, even though she's like, no, thank you. 
toxic (laughs) like what the hell if she like it's literally her body choice so yeah that was also another kind of fucked up thing that Uh put us through and then breaking dawn part two the only beef i have with breaking dawn part two which is also again like breaking dawn part one the only thing that happens in breaking dawn part two (laughs) no tea to breaking dawn part two but not a lot happens you know like 25 minutes of the movie is fake. Is the fake scene. Yeah. <laughs> is a vision that it's, doesn't actually ever yeah, happen. It's yeah, it's such bullshit. So obviously Jacob imprints on Renesme. It's so it's creepy. So creepy. It's a really it's just a situation where he's like grooming her as some weird uncle in love. Oh yeah. So that they could eventually be together. Ugh. Since he loves her so much. It's creepy. And also they never question if that's what Renesme wants. She doesn't even get a choice in it at I never all. even thought about that. Yeah, what if Renesmee doesn't <laughs> right. love Jake? Yeah, and to quote Bella, you know, she's a baby! <laughs> <laughs> so I get that, like, you know, a baby doesn't exactly have a decision to make because it's a baby. Yeah, she's not in a relationship yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's a baby. But still, like, the choice was never hers to make. It was always going to be Jacob for her. Yeah. And, like... What if she didn't want that? Like, what would That's happen? That's true. Like, she's not a werewolf. She doesn't imprint that. Yeah. Like, she's her own person. What I was also thinking about is that if... Okay, the imprinting thing. Is it, yeah. like, one person in the entire world is the only person you can imprint with? Um, I'm not sure. I think so. Because that means if Jacob and Bella got together, Jacob would have never imprinted on anyone. Yeah. Because Renesmee only oh. happened because... Edward and Bella had That's a baby. That's so true. So then Jacob and Bella would have probably been happy together. Because if he would have but never he would have imprinted never, on like, someone imprinted, else. He would have but never he never would have imprinted on Bella too, right? He just would have loved her a lot. I guess so. And then he never would have imprinted. Yeah. But we wouldn't know that, right? Like, yeah. we would have no idea. So, like, her whole life would be spent in, like, is he going to imprint Whoa, on the next woman that he meets? his soulmate? I know it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's your unborn baby. Of Ew. your ex-boyfriend. Oh, guys. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, what the movies have shown us is that what starts off as a controlling and obsessive relationship ends way worse than it started. Yeah. So maybe the lesson here is to just not... Not. <laughs> it's just not. Um, yeah, like... Think through your choices, I guess. Mm-hmm. That could end up, like, dead as a vampire and your best friend being in love with your baby. Yeah. So, in, conc- in conclusion, I guess what Stephanie Meyer was trying to tell us is just don't get yourself into this situation because it will end up being really weird. She doesn't really tell us that, though, and I have beef with Stephanie Meyer because I feel like a lot of people in our generation have really toxic understandings of relationships. Yeah. And I think that, like, the books that we read and, like, the media that we grew up around are a huge reason, and Twilight was, like, a big thing amongst our generation. Yeah. And, like, I kind of get why a lot of people are the way that they are after I hear this because, like, a lot of these situations... I know people who have been in similar situations or similar relationships and think that it's healthy and, like, good. Yeah. And they're like, this is exactly what it needs to be. And This it's is like, a love story. Yeah. If it doesn't hurt, it's not love. Aww. I don't want to kill myself. Like, that's not... <laughs> you can tone it down. No, you totally can. It doesn't need to be like that. 
And, like, the whole, like, he has to be obsessed with you, like, completely obsessed with you thing is just so, so prevalent, too. And, like, everyone just talks about it. And, like, that's kind of what people want, too, like, an obsessed boyfriend. Like, yeah. otherwise they feel like he doesn't fully love you, like, to the extent that he can. But it's, like, it's okay for him to have his own life and to, like, yeah, be obsessed with his own life, too. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, it's okay for you to like your life. And then not be obsessed with somebody else and, like, not be able to live without them. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay. It's fine. You'll be the independent. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. That is a synopsis of Twilight, pretty much. And, and why we are the way that we are. Yes, exactly. Next time you are doing anything to do with, like, a relationship and you're mm-hmm. questioning, you know, whether he likes you or not... He probably does like you. Mm-hmm. That's typically how these things go, you know? And just because he isn't throwing himself in front of a car to stop you from being crushed doesn't mean he doesn't like you. <laughs> You're not in the love triangle. It's okay. <laughs> you don't have to be in a love triangle. You can both just love only each other. Yeah. It's possible. <laughs> you don't have to be in a love triangle, guys. Please. Also, don't fall in love with your ex-partner's babies. Yeah. Just gonna throw that one in there, too. I don't, yeah. If it needs to be said. <laughs> all right guys welcome to the second half of the podcast episode where this week i'm gonna be talking about my opinion and this one like might get a little controversial i'm a little bit worried about this one because like (laughs) Because it's a controversial (laughs) opinion, Um, and the opinion this week is that the royal family are to England what the Kardashians are to America. Oh, shit! And essentially that the royals are just glorified... Kardashians? Kardashians? I don't even know. Like, they just... We'll get into it. We'll get into it, but I don't really think they serve any purpose. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, basically... We all know the royal family. Um, so Queen Elizabeth is currently the queen. She has all of her, like, sons and daughters and mm-hmm. in-laws and grandchildren mm-hmm. and whatever. And she's been the queen since 1952. Um, and so I started this by looking into, like, what does the royal family actually do? Yeah. Because obviously right off the bat, I'm like, they do have one very defined difference and that's their involvement in politics Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because you know Mm. like it's a monarchy they're supposed to be like ruling a country whereas the kardashians have no like they're all supposed to be ruling a country (laughs) yeah they're not really supposed to have political power in any way totally so i wanted to google what does the royal family actually do and so they basically have like three like legal or political roles um and that's they the first one is that they appoint and absolve governments and all that means is that when the country votes a new person in, the queen says, <laughs> it's them. She just has the final and word. And then she gets rid of the other one. I don't know how that actually works, but... It's probably just signing papers. I feel yeah, like yeah. probably just has to sign yeah, something. Yeah, like and... everyone else makes the decisions. The country makes the decision. It's a democracy. And then the queen just uh, appoints it. They say, yes, uh, yes, good. That is interesting. That is the new head of interesting state. Interesting how like you could make a head of state without someone to have the final say though too, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, we have a prime minister, but no one's like, I'm appointing you to be the prime minister. It's like the whole country kind of does it. Like we don't need a queen. <laughs> no, and I don't think the that. UK does either. Like they decide <laughs> on one and then anyways. Um the next one is 
that there's a state opening in the Queen's speech. So the state opening is that um, every parliamentary year, the Queen starts the year off with the speech. Um, and it's just about the government's policies and plans. And basically the government <laughs> determines what the policies and plans are going to be. Mm-hmm. And then the Queen talks about them. Very um, fun. And then the Queen's speech happens every year on Christmas Day, where she talks about like the year that we've had. I see. And, like, what happened. Oh, nice. So, like, basically a news broadcaster. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Um, God. (laughs) And then there is the royal assessment. Okay, so this is where she actually does hold some power. Mm -hmm. So when a law is passed, it has to be formally agreed on by the queen. So Mm -hmm. she can actually, like, influence the law that way. Okay. But... The last time a law was refused was in 1708. Oh, so no. they do not use this power gotcha. ever. <laughs> she has never, never used it. <laughs> and her royal family has not used it since 1708. And technically, wow. like, Kim Kardashian is trying to become a lawyer. So she's yeah. trying to influence law, too. So, like, not to... They're really... You ain't special to... queenie. <laughs> yeah. Anyone can influence law. God. Um, so then other than those three things, they basically just carry out official engagements... Um, royal family members will, like, represent the queen and do tours in other countries, like, uh, other commonwealth countries. Um, and then they're, like, members and patrons of, like, charities and stuff like that. Great. That's pretty much what they do. Good for them. (laughs) So now let's get into, like, the similarities between the royal family and the Kardashians. All right. So the first one would be how they make money. Um, oh, oh my God! <laughs> yeah, so both the royal family and the Kardashians are supported by the public to be in the public. Oh my God! So each year, the UK government gives the Queen a single payment. It's called the so- the Sovereign Grant, um, and it's a sum based on twenty five percent of the Crown Estate revenue from the two previous years. So the Crown Estate is like an independent um, commercial property business, mm-hmm. and so basically they take the earnings of that and twenty five percent of that. They give them from taxpayer money. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And for the year uh, 2020 to 2021, the sovereign grant was $85.5 million of taxpayer money to the royal family. And that's to support official duties and to maintain the royal palaces. Right. I mean, I knew that like the houses would have had to be a big part of that maintaining the royal palaces they have like gardeners and yeah stewardesses and drivers <laughs> and like and all like the people. army that stands outside that yeah. everyone takes pictures of and like tries to fuck with and all that yeah in exchange for like the sovereign grant the royal family goes to engagements they make comments on happenings around the world and they involve the world in their family life mm-hmm. so for example details such as pregnancies births weddings deaths <laughs> and scandals are all reported and documented for public life wow <laughs> now some of you might be thinking this sounds familiar yeah <laughs> and it is because the kardashians have their own reality tv show um which is called keeping up with the kardashians and that's kind of how they became famous, and that's kind of how they made, like, most of their money in the beginning. They do, like, other things now. Yeah. Um, where they, but in this case, they were literally just, like, paid to show the world their lives. Oh, my God. Which essentially <laughs> is what is also happening with the royal family. Oh, my God. These guys, they're all just celebrities. Everyone's just, like, being obsessed with over... Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> over nothing. Over who they're, like... 
parent was or like whatever because you know like people like the kardashians because you know their dad was like a controversial figure Mm. and like the royal family just has like traditional or generational power Mm. and a bunch of controversial figures too yes (laughs) (laughs) they have their fair share of scandals yeah i feel like the scandals is mostly what i hear about Mm -hmm. both with the kardashians and with the royal family literally literally (laughs) nothing else ever makes it to canada Um, so yeah, Keeping Up With The Kardashians aired in 2006, um, and now, like, all of the Kardashians since then have branched out, um, to become involved in, like, other aspects of public life, so Mm -hmm. a lot of them are, like, influencers on social medias, and, like, they make appearances, and, like, date movie stars, and, like, whatever, all (laughs) that stuff. Um, and just like the royal family, they also share all of their moments with the public. Yeah. So, like, births, pregnancies, weddings, and scandals. Oh my god. They share with the public. So moving on to kind of our second related point would be that both families operate as a business. Mm -hmm. Now with the royal family, they specifically have something which, I don't know if it's actually called this or if like, I think it was Prince Charles referred to it as this once and now it's just like become, become the name, but they call it the firm. They call their family the firm? There's the firm. Okay. So the firm is the business side. Yeah. And then there's the family. So they kind of operate as both. It's a little confusing, oh but God. if you watch that, like, Oprah interview right, yeah. with Meghan and Harry, yeah. they refer to the firm a lot because, like, they didn't want to put blame on the actual family. Oh they put it on the firm, which is the business of the family. Whoa. That's so crazy. Right. That's, like, the existing and public eye side of their life, right? Like, yeah. they have their family affairs, and then they have, like, what they tell the public, and that's kind of the firm, yes. right? Yes. Okay. okay, so the firm is essentially a formalized influencer business. That's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> That's Holy essentially what it is. So the firm is responsible for their lavish televised weddings, their uh, tours of Commonwealth countries, oh my God. Um, and public displays of like pomp and circumstance. So like totally. when they're like showing off their lives and like doing parades and stuff, that's all the firm. Holy shit. Um, and in like that famous interview with Oprah, Meghan Markle describes like an invisible contract that they have with the tabloids. Yeah. So the firm What's actually, that? so the firm has a contract, an invisible contract. So it's not official in any way, but like it's known that they have like these agreements with tabloids mm-hmm. that the British family will like let them yeah. take pictures of them and write scandal- scandalous articles about yeah, them and stuff yeah. like that for profit. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. That's yeah. so crazy. They, oh, poor guys, first of all. <laughs> Damn, that sucks. <laughs> Um, and the firm's contributions to the media industry is estimated to be about $70 million. About the amount that they, like, televise and release about the royal family that oh makes, like, profits God. on TV shows and stuff like that. Um, and it's said that the royals don't personally benefit from it financially. Like, all the money goes back to the firm. Right. But I think that's just, like, a really fancy way of, like, trying to hide the fact that they profit from it. Because, like, they all share family wealth. And, like, all of the royals are doing fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, they all have a lot of money. Yeah. Um, so, like, the money technically goes back to the firm. But right. the firm is the family. Yeah. So the money goes back to the family. It gets cycled through until it comes back to somebody in some way. Otherwise, they wouldn't do appearances if it didn't yeah. make them any money. They exactly. would just live in their royal palace and just, like, be exactly. peaceful there and just they do their government business or whatever. Percent profit. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. The firm. Mm -hmm. Once again, Zola is giving her two cents on this. (laughs) Um, And so, 
Okay. The, like, a lot of people argue, a lot of people who are pro the royal family. Yeah. Um, have this argument that they, like, do a lot for the UK. Okay. And, like, the British economy. Oh. And what they do for the British economy, mainly, their biggest contribution to the economy is tourism. Because people come to the UK to see the royal family. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. Which is totally, like, not a real contribution. Because they publicize their lives Hmm. so that people start following their lives. Like a reality TV show. (laughs) And then people come pay to visit them. Yeah, and then they get the tourism industry involved. Yeah! Oh my god, that's so crazy. And that's the biggest contribution that they make. And then it's also, like... How are they making a contribution? And they say, like, oh, they donate a lot to charity and all that. But, like, they take taxpayers' money. Yeah. And reallocate And then just put it, it in charities. And, mm-hmm. like, they have other venues of, like, income generation. Like, their little business that, like, owns property and whatever. Mm-hmm. But other than that. But, <laughs> I don't know. I don't... It seems like they're just redistributing the money that they took from the public (laughs) and then doing meet and greets with people from all around the world wow um and they also have these things called royal warrants which are like stamps of approval that the royals can put on high-end consumer products no way and it will boost the holder's revenue by as much as 10 percent by putting the stamp on it which is kind of like when influencers (laughs) Do those little ads for products, and they're like, "I approve of this product," or like, yeah. "As seen, as used by Kim Kardashian." Yeah, it's, it's the exactly same thing. Like it's, that. It's, it, they're literally influencers. Oh my god, how long have they been doing that stamp thing? Like, was it kind of before the age of the internet? Do you think? Yeah, and... yeah, it's been going on for a while. Oh. It's like part of the family business. Oh it's my like god, putting their stamp of approval on consumer products they just like choose who to endorse pretty much and it's yeah. like you're pretty much guaranteed to make a lot of money if yeah, you are endorsed the, the, the royal, royal family, family for sure. endorses it. they have taste <laughs> <laughs> wow that's so insane i wonder if the kardashians copied their business model off of the royal family because the royal family doesn't really do anything and that's one of the main criticisms of the kardashians as well i know which i think is so unfair everyone's always like oh the royal family like they're amazing they're so good like tradition i i don't know people (laughs) like the royal family but they literally do nothing they're symbolic at this point the queen can in theory veto a law Mm -hmm. in theory (laughs) in theory she hasn't done it since the 1700s but in theory she can and that's pretty much like the only power that they hold is that she can veto a law if she really wanted to but Mm -hmm. like i'm pretty sure the royal family would be canceled if she did oh like they're becoming so irrelevant like amongst the younger generations people don't really care about the royal family Mm -hmm. that like I don't think they'd ever exercise that power because yeah. I think people would retaliate if the queen just started being like, no, this is this and this is this because like, yeah, they would be it's like, a democracy. It's a dictatorship. Like, <laughs> yeah, they would literally like destroy the democracy in the UK if they did that. Oh my God. Well, then they, uh, yeah, and technically she can do thing. that in Canada too. Like, really? Yeah, oh, she can true, technically I guess like, we're still under veto laws here, mm-hmm. but we ain't never, we don't hear she from the queen. Do it. And then she makes like two <laughs> speeches a year. Yeah. And so I'm pretty sure the Kardashians do that too. Yeah, and I think they do more business-wise. It seems like they have really yeah. busy lives. Like, just based on the keeping up with the Kardashians <laughs> yeah. show, you know? But they, they have, like, a lot. a lot of business ventures. Yeah. Like, influencers, they all have at least one business of their own. They're mm-hmm. on the show. Like, they do a lot. Yeah. And people are always like, they do nothing. But they do a lot. Kim's going to law school, guys. Yeah. And That's keeping hard. up with your social media accounts is also a lot yeah. of work. Which I don't yes. think that, um, what do they call it, the royal family? I don't think they keep up with their own social media accounts. No, I think, I think the firm. Yeah, yeah. They have people for, for that. Like, 
So what are you doing all day? <laughs> I don't have Let the us know in the comments down below. <laughs> we need a reality TV show to really know that. I don't yeah. think they do a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so similarly to The Firm, their Kardashians are kind of a business as much as they are a family name. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone knows like the, the Kardashians. Um, so obviously they have their reality TV show, which kind of institutionalized their family as a brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, as we talked about, they're pretty much all influencers and brand owners by now. And they use kind of like their last name to assert that. Yeah. So they're a business and a brand as well. Yeah. Wow. Weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have the Kardashians. <laughs> and now there's like some weird, um, similarities that get like a little creepy between the kardashians and the royal family uh so the first would be that both prince harry and kim became more popular because of like sex scandals oh wait and now we know about prince harry prince harry the ginger who is his nudes were leaked (laughs) and after his nudes were leaked People started caring about his life more. Like, he started showing up in more of, like, the firm's, like, stories and, like, keeping up with him and, like, the news and the tabloids and stuff like that after his news got leaked. How are his news leaked? I don't know. (laughs) Leaked. And, um, similarly, Kimmy K, we all know how she got famous because she leaked a sex tape yeah holy shit yeah so it kind of helped both of their careers yeah it sure did it uh-huh. skyrocketed their careers and, and now everyone suddenly everyone cares about harry's conspiracies everyone hates on kim for becoming famous that way they're like oh like that's not like the right way to become famous i don't know if there is a right okay. way but like nobody <laughs> gives harry any hate for that and no. he kind of like did the same thing no well i completely dissociated the fact that he got famous because of like some leaked news or something like yeah. that i didn't know that about him that isn't a yeah, central like part of his identity like it is kim's yeah you know like everyone knows about the kim thing but like no one really cares about the harry thing i think in the kim kim's case though a lot of people bring it up around her constantly yeah like her mom is always bringing it up and like the tabloids are always bringing it up i kind of feel bad for her okay is it confirmed that like she leaked it um no i don't think so i thought that um i thought someone else leaked it. i thought like her mom leaked it or something which is awful like if she didn't leak that and everyone freaking hates on her for it it's it's really mean yeah to like have like a, a private video of yourself yeah. leaked and then to have everyone blame you for it as to her, like, that's the reason that you became famous. Oh. That's fucked up. Um, if we're hating on Kim like that, then maybe we should be hating on Harry like that, too. Exactly. <laughs> that's all I'm saying, guys. <laughs> Equality. <laughs> um, Kate and Kim's weddings were within four months of each other, so they got married oh. very close together. Damn. Um, Kim and Kate both had really bad pregnancy complications oh. that were highly te- televised oh. in public. Um, and I think they actually both wore... Oh, no, no, no. Kim and Megan. Kim got married twice, mm-hmm. right? She got married to Chris Humphrey. So the Kim and Kate similarities are, like, from the Humphrey. And, but Kim and Megan mm-hmm. both wore Givenchy. Givenchy? Givenchy. <laughs> for their wedding. Yeah. So they both wore the same designer wedding cool. dress, which is kind of cool. That is super fun. Um, Harry and Will and Kim, Courtney, and Chloe, they all lost a biological parent at a young age. Oh. Because Diana God. died and Rob died. And they were both, as well, highly public. Yeah. And televised events, losing oh. these parents. So they kind of have, like, shared trauma in that way, I oh. guess. But I guess, like, the Kardashians don't have to deal with the whole 
did my grandma kill my mom situation. Yeah, that isn't something that ever really comes up in their lives. <laughs> no, so that is a difference. That, that's, like, something that they've right. been excused from, you They know? have other conspiracies. They have, like, business-related conspiracies and, like, family-related conspiracies. Like, mm-hmm. the whole, like, 72-day marriage was a plan all along. Or, like... Was that between... Was that with Chris? Mm, I don't know what that is. Ray J. She married Ray J. Who? Kim she- Kardashian. I didn't know that. Yeah, she married him for like 72 days or something like that. Oh, and then cool. they got divorced. And everyone was like, oh, it wasn't just like a big setup, blah, 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 all this stuff. But I feel like they, the Kardashians, I don't know if this is true or not. They have a lot <laughs> more conspiracies than the royal family. Like the, the, royal, the royal family, family has family, a lot of conspiracies. Oh, okay. Though. I've only really like heard of like one, like the Princess Diana one. And then yeah. those ones that you were telling yeah, me about. Yeah, I did a podcast yeah. about the conspiracies <laughs> on the royal family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, so there are a lot more conspiracy theories about the royal family than there is about the Kardashians, but I guess they've been around for longer, so that makes a lot of sense. And I also think it has to do with like um, the brand that they've made from for themselves because like they are both brands and they are both very similar in the way that like they publicize their lives mm-hmm. for entertainment. Um, but I think the royal family has created like a different brand for themselves that's a lot more like proper, proper professional, yes. Yes. like. We get married and we have babies. Yes. We do it all right. Whereas, like, the Kardashians, like, a little bit more, like, juicy yeah, and, like, yeah. trashy, if you want to say. <laughs> so I think that has to do, like, the conspiracies have to do with, like, the name that they've created for themselves. Yeah. And in having, like, a silent contract, invisible contract, is that what they, invisible contract with the tabloids, the British family can kind of control oh, what comes out about them, too. So it's easier for them to, like, maintain their brand in that way. Oh, Okay. Uh, the Kardashian and the royal babies were all born around the same time, which I think is kind of cool. Oh. So Prince George and Northwest were born in 2013. Oh my god. Um, St. West and Princess Charlotte were both born in 2015. So oh. like the same years. And then Chicago West, I didn't even know there was a Chicago West. Yeah. <laughs> Chicago Shy. West, um, Prince Louis, Stormy, and True Thompson. Oh, Prince Louis. That's the royal one. Okay, yeah. So they were all born in 2018. Oh my god! So every time, yeah, every time there's like a baby in the Kardashian family, there's also a baby in the royal family around the same time. What are the chances? And they all got like married around the same time, and like so these things are like they coincide, which is yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, and in 2020, they both experienced departures from their family. Mm -hmm. And when I say from their family, I mean from their family business. You know how we talked about the firm and the family. Um, so in 2020, we all know that Harry and Meghan, like, officially left the firm. Yes, They're yes. obviously still part of the family, because you can't just step down from a family that easily. <laughs> um, so they stepped down as active royal members, and they moved to America. Mm-hmm. And in 2020, Kourtney Kardashian also announced that she was leaving, um, keeping up with the Kardashians. Oh, okay. And they both people, so Harry and Meghan and Kourtney, they both cited, like, the business environment of their family being too toxic for them and that's why they left oh so they cited God. the same reasons that's so crazy maybe uh-huh. this whole like family turning into a business thing is a bad idea <laughs> it just doesn't seem to work out for anybody <laughs> i know maybe we should keep business and pleasure separate yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um yeah so basically all in all both families pretty much like profit off of public consumption and exist for the reason of entertainment 
Like, the royal family used to have a very defined purpose in, like, British life or whatever, but I don't think that purpose exists anymore, and I think that they're still just around for the entertainment purpose. I see that. And I think they are glorified reality TV stars, glorified (laughs) influencers, Um, and also on a side note, I feel like the TV show The Crown is kind of like their own reality TV show. Did, were, did they have any involvement in the creation of The Crown? I thought no. The Crown was created separately. It was, but it's still a TV show about the drama that happens in their family's life. Yeah, yeah. And, like, they say that it's not all accurate, Mm-mm. but also keeping up with their Kardashians is, like, partially staged. Oh! <laughs> so, I think they probably hold, like, both equal amounts of truth about the family. Oh my So, God, I think that it's, like, so cool. their own reality TV show. Yeah, seriously. Oh, that's so cool. And it's made them more famous. Yeah, and they have, like, a bunch of documentaries out about the, like, the family and stuff like yeah. that. Like, people love to get, dig in and to know the people juice. People love and... the royal family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow, I'm starting to kind of understand, because, like, I'm, I don't get fully the obsession with the Kardashians, but for some reason i'm interested in what's going on with the kardashians you know what i mean yeah i'm interested in their little like business ventures and like the business conspiracies and like you know what they're doing and stuff like that so although i don't understand why people are obsessed with the royal family i imagine it's something similar where it's like yeah where it's like you don't really know why but they're just kind of these celebrities and you're like like, people they're interesting they love to talk about the royals yeah what's going on with the royals who's getting married what are they going to name their kid what did they do this year where are they now like kind of sweet they're like their own family (laughs) yeah no but like it's very much similar to i think the americans involvement in the kardashians life and like how we follow their life and their families and their marriages and stuff like that and i think the royal family exists for the same reason but that's so cool i'm like less mad at the kardashians for it i'm not mad at either i'm kind of mad at the royal family because the royal (laughs) family like hides it they try to hide the fact that they exist for like public consumption and profit by being like oh we do things for the country we uh, make donations the charities but the Kardashians make donations, too. Yeah. We don't hear about that. <laughs> yeah. Front and center page. It's not their job to make exactly. donations. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so the Kardashians are, like, very much more open about it, and they don't yeah. try to hide it, whereas the royal family does. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that the royal family should just, like, start to really lean into it. I think they're scared that people yeah. are going to be like, oh, like, now the royal family is turning into this, like, trashy reality TV show or something like that. Like, if like they, they don't need to make aware. a reality TV show, but yeah. I think they need to lean into the fact that they're there right now for public entertainment yeah. and for like income generation purposes because they are like completely losing the younger generation because no one oh, like gives a crap <laughs> about the royal family no one watches the queen's speech in our generation no. like, nobody does all of these things oh no, yeah, yeah yeah so i think that they just need to start leaning into it oh, and accept totally. that they are the kardashians mm-hmm. of, of the united yeah of, of, of the uk of the united of the kingdom oh yeah 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 of the UK. That's so fun and fresh. Yeah, that's so cool. Alright guys, and that brings us to the end of this podcast episode, this very special Zoom meeting in person (laughs) two episode. We didn't really talk about that too much, but Lydia and I are in the same room. Yeah, we are. Lydia (laughs) visited me this week. (laughs) Um, So we're here together. Um, So thank you for coming along with us on this adventure. Thank you for listening to Lydia's opinion about how Twilight modeled (laughs) toxic relationships Maybe if you're looking at your own relationship, ask yourself, does this remind me of Twilight at all? (laughs) Is this a situation Bella would find herself in? If the answers are yes, then it's probably toxic. (laughs) You might be overthinking it. (laughs) 
Um, and thank you for listening to my opinion about how the royal family are basically the Kardashians of England, of Europe, whatever <laughs> you want to say. Um, if you want to let us know what you think, you can head over to our Instagram, which is very dot no yeah. which is very unimportant is it very dot unimportant? yeah okay which is very <laughs> dot unimportant dot people um you can find us on twitter we're the unimportant ppl you can email us at haters click here at gmail.com which is h8trs <laughs> click here at gmail.com um and most importantly please head over to our patreon yeah, yeah, yeah. um it, it is a challenge to get there but we can do it you can so do it. You once again smart. we're gonna walk you through the process Go to our Instagram, head over to our link tree, um, and then once you click on our link tree, you'll see Patreon, and bam, you're there. There's lots of entertaining <laughs> stuff on there for you. Um, maybe some merch coming soon. And if you don't have Instagram and you want to get to our Patreon, don't worry about it. Send us an email. We'll send you the link. Nice. <laughs> um, and last but not least, you can find us on TikTok. We're having a lot of fun on there. Yeah. Um, so Please yeah, just us. come and join in. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> and that's it for us this week. Have a great week.